Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. And our topic today is the Bloomington Area Arts Council. We have two guests in the studio with us. Ed Vanderzand is the interim executive director of the Bloomington Area Arts Council, and he's also the director of marketing and development. And Gerald Sousa is here. He's the president of the BAAC board. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for being here. And Mary Catherine, welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I had a little vacation and I'm yeah. back refreshed. Teams together. Yep. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready for you guys. <laughs> We're ready for you too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ed, it's good to see you back. Uh, as I was saying before the show, you've seemed to, to sort of reinvent yourself. You were here talking about the Red Cross. We talked about Y2K, I think. Oh, yes. We covered all of those subjects. Yeah, so you're a a veteran of Noon Edition, although this is your first time on as a person representing the arts. Yes, it is. And actually, I must admit, I'm having a little more fun in this iteration, (laughs) Uh, although a lifelong dedication to the Red Cross is not a bad thing. Uh, No, we're very, very happy to be here. And there's so much going on with the Bloomington Area Arts Council and with the arts scene in Bloomington itself. And Uh, So many different initiatives coming to the forefront right now. I really welcome the opportunity to sit and talk with you in the audience a little bit. Great. We're happy to have have you uh, doing that. We hope that people will join us on the program. I do want to mention the interim before the executive director name. I was talking to Ed before the show. We were talking to Ed and – He's actually very happy in his job as director of marketing and development. So, so Gerald is is in the process. Jerry, can I, should I call you Jerry? That's probably yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is in the process of uh, as board president of looking for a new executive director. Do you want to sort of update us on the search? Sure. We are right in the middle of our search right now. We've got a great search committee that's been formed, and we got fourteen applications in, which was wonderful. And out of those, we've already um, done initial screening, and I think we've got some excellent. Uh, qualifications ahead of us. So I think that um, next week we will be in the first round of interviews and hopefully we'll have somebody on board very soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So let's talk a little bit about the, the history of the BAAC. I think, uh, first of all, the Bloomington Area Arts Council does include a, l- a large area. It's not just mm-hmm. Bloomington. Right. I think that's that's one of the most important things, too, is to realize that we actually represent a five-county area. And people think of the Bloomington Area Arts Council as representing only Bloomington, but um, we our mission itself is to support public participation in the arts by developing, strengthening, and promoting the cultural resources of Bloomington and Brown, Green, Lawrence, Monroe, and Owen counties. Mm-hmm. So we're really aware that uh, we've got a larger mission than just Monroe County and just Bloomington to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, the, the Arts Council was formed many years ago. 1974, I think, was the uh, um, incorporation, Articles of Incorporation, and it was um, done by a group of people that were just concerned about the position of the arts in our community and wanted to make sure that some somebody, some organization was really acting as a steward to um, cultivate, develop, and um, ensure the stability of the arts and, and the progression of the arts in our area. And um, I always am – I'm always uh, intrigued to realize that, that the Bloomington Area Arts Council is not – an official organization. It's not sponsored by the government or um, uh, any outside. It is a group of people, citizens, just like you and me, that decided that it was important to have something that would promote the arts and support the arts and uh, advocate for the arts. And those people have been the ones that formed it and have sustained it through the years. So um, we've seen it grow through many, many iterations and uh, uh, look from uh, from the very beginning where it was just trying to get itself organized to the point where it uh, wanted to find a home and um, eventually, uh, as you know, in 1989 got the old jail. Um, remarkable thing happened that year where the um, Rosemary Miller, of course, was so instrumental in, in uh, finding that facility and advocating for it and the city challenged that group of people that were the board at that point to raise $750,000 in I think it was nine months. Uh, and and uh, amazingly, those people put together um, uh, an, an amazing effort and uh, found that $750,000 and um, turn the jail into the Waldron, which is what our home is right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the years, uh, various 
programs have developed and, and uh, been centered in the Waldron. And now I think we're beginning to enter uh, another another era where we're um, looking at the overall needs of the city and how the city and the outlying region um, can work together to um, to catalyze the needs of both business and um, and the artists together to um, uh, really have the the arts itself more recognized as an economic um, uh, entity and how it contributes to Bloomington as a whole. Mm-hmm. I, I love the story about um, when looking for the facility, um, Rosemary Miller uh, was working uh, in, in conjunction with uh, – um, uh, well, she worked with Cecil Waldron as the right. person who eventually right. gave the money. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was so sweet that she then chose to name it after a, a, a family member and that it's – you know, it's old Bloomington. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it continues that way. I mean we have – we have um, the Rose Fire Bay, mm-hmm. a John, you know, I mean, and so we have these these people that have always been important in the development of the arts here, and it is it is wonderful to have them. Uh, naming after them. Too. Yeah, and Herman Wells was very instrumental in that, too. I think people who've been going to the Waldron for a long time can remember that Herman also, um, I think, worked with Rosemary in, in identifying Cecil, and mm-hmm. uh, Herman Wells spent a lot of time at the Waldron Arts Center. He was a, a great champion of that, and so it's it's got a lot of really neat Bloomington mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Our phone numbers are 855-0811-877-285-9348, or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Uh, our guest today, again, are Jerry Sousa, who's president of the Bloomington Area Arts Council Board, and Ed Vandezan, the interim executive director of the Bloomington Area Arts Council. So um, how would you characterize the state of the arts in our area, in Bloomington and the counties that you cover? Ed? Well, I uh, – it certainly is a major economic drive uh, for our community. Uh, but more than that, we just live in such a culturally rich and culturally diverse area. Uh, part of that attributable to Indiana University, part of that attributable to the artist colonies in, in Nashville, Brown County. And uh, it really was one of the more stunning things for me to get my mind around and, and truly grasp when I joined the Arts Council. Uh, was was the incredible richness uh, that we have here. And uh, for all of that richness and all of that resource, uh, we're we're nowhere near the potential of of what we can be in this community. And and I think that's really such an important element of the mission of the BAAC uh, is to try to act uh, as a a focal point, a coordination point, uh, whether you want to call it a unified voice or, or any other terms, but uh, to start helping the public, help starting uh, business and, and government understand uh, the richness that's here. Uh, a statement that I had made that uh, uh, almost a year ago was uh, part of the relative importance of the arts. We, we, we are developing a, a wonderful life science initiative, a 21st century economy uh, in our community and in our area. And uh, the next life-saving device or idea is going to come out of, out of uh, one of our uh, life science initiatives. But without the artist, whether it's a graphic designer or a draftsman or a wordsmith, uh, ideas don't transform themselves very readily uh, into product and, and, and into innovations. And uh, again, it's, as Jerry mentioned earlier, it's trying to find that synergy between the business and the arts. And as the new economy is more and more communication-based, uh, the arts become ever more important. Uh, so it, it's it's just a wonderful thing on so many levels. It, it's what makes us human. It's what connects us to each other. Uh, but it's also an incredible uh, potential economic engine that we're only now beginning to discover and develop new partnerships to promote. We'll talk a little bit more about that potential in, in just a minute. Yeah, we had an email that came in. It has two questions, and I'll let you have them one at a time. Where does the Bloomington Area Arts Council obtain funding? Well, that's <laughs> pointed to me very quickly. Did that to you? <laughs> well, uh, that's that's really an interesting question. We are a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization. We are a community based organization. We're not a branch of government. Uh, we do function, however, as a regional partner for the Indiana Arts Commission. So, a small portion of our funding does come through uh, granting from the state uh, Indiana Arts Commission. And with that funding, uh, we in turn re-grant to area artists and arts organizations 
a sizable portion of that. In fact, we've just gone through the granting process here within the last month. And, uh, but the lion's share, more than 72 percent of the funds that, that we operate on uh, come from memberships, come from corporate sponsorships. They come from you and me, mm-hmm. uh, people who realize the value of the arts, uh, whether it's a personal connection in their life or whether it's a business value and choose to support that through the BAAC. And we should mention that you are a bona fide 501c3 organization. Absolutely. So. And I'm also very proud to say we're the only arts organization in the state of Indiana that is supported with NAP, Neighborhood Assistance Program, tax credits. And what this does is allows a donor who supports our educational program and all the monies are used for that for our community school of the arts to not only support the arts, but to receive a tax credit equal to half of what they contribute. All right. Well, the second half of the question that came in on that email is um, what kind of programming does the Bloomington Area Arts Council have? And they want to know, is it all at the John Waldron Arts Center or does any of it reach out to area schools? Also a wonderful question. Uh, The programming is very, very varied and and, uh, uh, takes in a lot of different elements. Uh, the most noticeable and the largest single program we have is our Community School of the Arts. Uh, we teach over 400 classes per year. We employ 104 professional artists as instructors. We're by far the largest employer of artists uh, in our region. And while a lot of the programming is centered in the Waldron, we're very proud of the outreach programming that we do. We offer free arts classes at uh, Crestmont, uh, at Community Kitchen, various locations throughout uh, the the five-county region. And our inroads into the schools have just been nothing short of impressive. Uh, We have uh, one program called Arts After School that's supported very generously by corporate sponsors. And what this program is designed to do uh, is uh, to give principals, to give teachers, to give guidance counselors uh, a referral point for elementary school children who are beginning to exhibit behavioral problems, beginning to disconnect uh, from the educational process. And it's rather frightening that a third or fourth grader starts to disconnect from the educational process. But what we've been able to do with this program is take these referred students uh, immediately after school into arts classes, uh, show them ways to uh, express emotions, express anger, in positive and productive ways. Uh, We coordinate with mental health professionals. We coordinate with teachers. And the programming that we do in the schools very, very closely follows state uh, curriculum guidelines. And we also introduce healthy snacks and all kinds of items like that because what we're tending to find is, is, is a lot of the children referred to this program have a myriad of problems and probably not coming from the most stable households. Uh, that's a tremendous program and what we found over the last couple of years that's happened from that is we've engaged these students. These are the ones that start coming to the summer art camps, that start looking for new and better ways to, uh, to study art and to advance themselves. Uh, that's very active in Monroe County. Uh, thanks to a corporate donor, uh, Visteon, I hope I'm not out of line, that wasn't a commercial, uh, we were able to expand that into Lawrence County and uh, did a pilot uh, test just this last year. And based on the success of that test, new sponsors have come on to make sure that every school in Lawrence County has this opportunity. Uh, another great school program we do, and uh, this is uh, done in partnership with Jazz from Bloomington and the IU Jazz Studies Department, is uh, jazz in the schools. And this is absolutely aligned with state curriculum and uh, involves classroom materials and uh, CDs so that the elementary students can study jazz, which is an intrinsic American art form. Mm -hmm. And then we culminate that study with a concert done in the schools by professional jazz musicians. And again, all of this is done free of charge to the schools and done through the support uh, of our members and donors to the Arts Council. All right, we're talking about the Bloomington Area Arts Council, 855-0811 in Bloomington, 877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. This is sort of an email day. Mary Catherine keeps getting email, but before we go to those. I'm very popular. I have a couple, <laughs> couple follow-ups that I want, wanted to, to make before we go back to those. Um, you mentioned classes, 400, more than 400 classes. Uh, uh, can you give us uh, an example, some, some of the more interesting 
eh, I shouldn't say more interesting, but some things that people might not think about. They're they're all fascinating. That's and right. Interesting. That's of right. You caught yourself. <laughs> uh, we we do have a tremendous ceramics lab uh, uh, at the Waldron, and and that's that's really one of the more uh, popular uh, areas of study. Uh, and of course, we have the traditional drawings and paintings in all different mediums. Uh, our limestone symposium just wrapped up, uh, where we actually bring people in from it's become around the world now mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to study limestone carving and this very very unique resource we have here, which is the Salem, Indiana limestone, which is just it's like carving butter. It's just an amazing amazing thing. Uh, this summer, we also have a woodworking where you can make your uh, own fishing lures. Uh, basically, if it is creative and uh, three, four, or five people want to study it or want to find out more about it, we find qualified and professional instructors. What about writing workshops? Absolutely. That's, that's a huge part. And thank you for now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was very good. And you shouldn't forget the belly dancing. Yeah. No. You ask classes. about the interesting ones. Yes, belly dancing is quite interesting. <laughs> so, uh, but what I really encourage people to do is visit our website where, where all of these various opportunities uh, are available. And that's just www.artlives.org. Uh, we're in the middle of summer classes right now with the youth art camps and, and a lot of adult offerings. Uh, our fall semester begins September 10th, and um, we will have over 100 different class offerings in the fall semester. Give us a call, and we'll be glad to send you out a catalog, too. The Helicon lists all the classes and lets you know how to register for them. I'll take belly dancing. You take writing. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe I have that Although backwards. I think I might, yeah, be, maybe you have that I might be better suited to the belly dancing at this stage of now, life. We now, think so. Now, I want to follow up. Again, you mentioned that, that you employ over 100 artists, 104 artists, I Correct. think you said. So these are people who are artists in the community, and you just sort of you go to them, recruit them, and say, we will pay you a certain amount to teach these, this class? That's correct. We do have uh, standards. We look for artists that uh, are accomplished, that have studied art. Uh, that have uh, either uh, combinations of degrees and life experience, but but these are folks that, that truly are professional artists and make their living in the arts. It, it really has been a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, process, particularly with the youth art camps, and it's it's just so fun at the Waldron right now. I encourage everybody to stop by during the day. There's 50 to 60 kids in the art camps and Boy, that's a rocking place right now, I'll tell you. Uh, but, but to see the interaction of the children and people who have earned their, livings in, learned, earned their living in the arts uh, express ideas and explore new areas. And we're always able to learn. I'd mentioned the uh, arts after school in Lawrence County. And one of the projects they did this year was ceramics but couldn't afford the glazes. So uh, Tracy Isom, their arts teacher, devised this process of using shoe polish and wax on the, on the clay before firing it. And it gave this incredible copper patina. Uh, some of our artists had never heard of that before. And it was, it was invented out of necessity because glaze is expensive. Uh, but it's a whole new process. So, I mean, we're always learning from each other. And, and that's what's so wonderful about this. Wow. Well, here's another email that came in. It says, um, let's see, the Waldron has great galleries. How does an artist go about getting an exhibition at the Waldron? That's uh, also an excellent question. In fact, the uh, 2008 season, uh, we're accepting prospectus and applications right now. Again, going to our website, artlives.org, has all of the information on it. Uh, What we do is we focus, again, on artists and artwork in our five-county region. And it's as simple as filling out the application form and sending either digital or 35-millimeter slides. Uh, The BAAC does not make the final decision on what goes into our galleries. These are juried shows, and uh, each time we we recruit uh, very capable uh, and professional people from the community uh, who act as impartial juries, and uh, that's how our, uh, uh, our, our exhibitions are selected. Uh, the deadline uh, for 2008 uh, was originally announced as Monday, July 9th. Uh, I've extended that by a couple of weeks, so 
if anybody's listening and still wants to get involved, uh, there's time to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. One more email that's come in. It says, I don't know how much interaction the Bloomington Area Arts Council has with the Indiana Arts Commission, so you may not be able to answer, answer this, but I'm trying to find out what on earth is going on with the fiscal year 2008 IAC individual artist grants. Winners were supposed to have been announced last month, and money was supposed to begin going out this month, but the IAC has yet to announce the grant award winners. Does anyone know, uh, I'm sorry, does anyone anywhere know what the heck is going on with this? <laughs> well, we can't speak on behalf of the IAC, but what I can say is that I did receive their digital newsletter this morning by email, and uh, some of the awards are, in fact, now being announced and now going out. Uh, I do know that um, Charlene Marsh from uh, Nashville uh, was one of the award winners. Um, What I think really has been happening there is the IAC has a new executive director as well. Louis Rickey is his name. He's a resident of Brown County. And uh, a lot of new partnerships and a lot of new initiatives are taking place there, uh, as well as, I'm very happy to say, very successful lobbying of the legislature for additional funds for the arts. So uh, I, I would say if you had direct questions, contact the IAC uh, and be a, just a tiny bit patient because wonderful things are happening. Okay. You might mention also, you mentioned Sandy Clark earlier, and she's a member of the Indiana Arts She is a commissioner. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then she's on the... She's, She's on our board. On your board. Right. Okay. 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. I want to go back to your granting process. You, you mentioned that you, you know, will basically serve as a conduit, I guess, to state money to, Correct. to present grants. How does that work? Well, uh, organizations are asked to submit project proposals in one of three categories, either for operational support for individual projects or artist support. And um, those uh, proposals are requested um, in March, I think, aren't they? In March? Correct. And then uh, the applications are sent in and then there are um, boards that are put together, panels uh, of local people who represent various aspects of the community and they review those um, applications. And uh, from those then, there's a scoring process that takes place and then the funds that are allocated by AAC are then reallocated to those various artists. This year we had I think 27. We had 33 applications for funding, the highest of any region in the state. And to put it in perspective, Indianapolis had 11. Uh, That really goes to the point that I'd made earlier about the arts density and the richness of the of the cultural experience here. When Lewis Rickey came down and talked to us um, a few months ago, uh, he made a very interesting point that we, we often don't realize how rich a community we have. And in the state, we are viewed with, you know, with, with great respect because of the density of the artists that we have here and the, um, the breadth of, uh, of, of different uh, – the breadth and diversity of the art that was represented here. So I think that so often uh, we're not aware that from a state level, we really serve as a focal point and a model and have a real responsibility to continue to develop ourselves mm-hmm. in that way. I'm glad you used the word point. respect. I, I would have said maybe jealousy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but, but besides that, I mean, it is interesting. We sometimes take ourselves take what's happening here for granted. You know, yeah. we all live here every day, and and we are aware of all the great arts organizations, and we forget that you know it's not really like that in the rest of the state. One of the thing our one of the things our board has really been. Uh, talking about now is how we can begin to um, develop this uh, relationship between the businesses and and the government and the artists of our community well and how that could serve as a model for other communities. We have the opportunity, I think, not only to uh, enrich our own community and uh, create liaisons in areas that have not yet been explored, but also then to use that as as a template for other communities who are just beginning to investigate what the potential for um, arts as an economic um, entity can be in in their area too. So uh, that's that's on the agenda now for the next couple of years to to begin looking at that larger picture. I think. All right, our guests today are Jerry Sousa, who's president of the Bloomington Area Arts Council Board, and Ed Vanderzand, who is the interim executive director of the Bloomington Area Arts Council and permanently, full-time anyway, (laughs) the Director of Marketing and Development. Uh, We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. After July 15th, WFIU listeners who hear the station online may find their service interrupted. Based on a recent court ruling that subjects radio stations that stream their signals to increased royalty payments, public radio stations may not be able to offer online streaming. In response to this ruling, a group of senators and representatives recently introduced the Internet Radio Equality Act. You can register your opinions with your representative. A list of congressional representatives is available on the WFIU website at WFIU.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And our guest today, Ed Vandezan, who's the Interim Executive Director of the Bloomington Area Arts Council, and Gerald Sousa, who's President of the BAAC Board. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. I think some of the relationships that the Bloomington Area Arts Council has with other organizations and and, and even with its facility itself, that the, the Bloomington Area Arts Council runs the John Waldron Arts Center, but they are two different things. But what I wanted to talk about was was bead. And I, I think that um, as people are hearing more and more about bead in, in the news as that's being developed, I, I wonder if they're identifying that with the, the uh, Bloomington Area Arts Council and if you could elaborate a little bit on exactly what your relationship with that initiative is. Well, bead, of course, is an initiative that is through the city government. Um, it was um, part of Mayor Chrisanne's um, initiative for the arts. And um, stop right here. Bead. Bloomington Entertainment it, and Arts District. Exactly. Thank okay. you. All right. And what it is, to, uh, of course, is the um, the designation of a particular geographical area of the city that is um, uh, that is um, been earmarked as uh, as as an arts district. And right now, I think that uh, it's the uh, way that's actually going to play out is uh, still on the books in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- Fortunately, um, Mayor Krasan has just appointed a wonderful person, stolen from us, Maya, <laughs> Maya Michelson, who was our ex- former executive director, who now is the director of um, economic activity for the arts. It's close to her title, I think. Close, close enough. And um, Maya, I'm sure, will just do a, a splendid job in focusing the direction of bead and uh, bringing to reality a, a lot of the um, the initial um, uh, uh, program concept that we've heard from um, from uh, from Mayor Cruzan and from um, Denise as well. Okay, so that's one organization and group that you're going to be working with. Right, and with we'll work and, very close with them, I'm sure. Okay, and then let's talk about some of your other partners that are so important um, if, to further your mission. I know the Con- Convention and Visitors Bureau you work closely with. Right, CVB we've worked very closely with. Um, we work very closely with um, Bloomington Economic um, Commission. Um, yeah, the uh, we've really reached out uh, and have a long history of doing that, but it's been so much more focused in the last few years to develop these relationships. Convention and Visitors Bureau is very, very tuned and very, very effective uh, at promoting tourism in this area. And and one of the largest economic potential areas for the arts is this concept of cultural tourism. And uh, it's a very logical partnership that we would partner with them. We just finished uh, two weekends ago with Arts Fair on the Square, which is one of our big signature Mm -hmm. events. It's the 27th annual. And uh, the support of the Convention and Visitors Bureau in in nationwide publicity of these types of events. And that's what what a lot of people are missing when they don't use the CVB's calendars and and don't actively uh, participate with them. Uh, because the Convention and Visitors Bureau provides us exposure and advertising from New York to L.A., and and we draw pretty wide audiences based on that. We're also real proud of our partnership with Downtown Bloomington Incorporated, and I think a lot of the work in that area 
uh, would logically uh, extend into the whatever iteration, whatever bead turns out finally to be, I'd support and understand that's really up to us mm-hmm. uh, as citizens. What do we want bead to be? Uh, the models exist. You look at uh, cities like Santa Fe, Aspen, uh, that that are similar in population, uh, don't have the cultural density that we do. Uh, yet they are they're absolute meccas for the arts uh, within our country. We shouldn't we, forget too that the um, organizations in Brown County and the other surrounding areas too that we're really working hard to create bridges with. Um, correct. Because one of the great drawing parts of, points of this uh, whole area, of course, is not just Bloomington, which is so rich in so many areas, but also the artists in Bloomington. Uh, Green, Bartholomew, and so forth. So, yeah. so do you work to develop, and for lack of a better word, a, a product uh, to offer to say, you know, a, a package, if you will? Uh, well, one of the things we did several weeks ago was ha- have an art summit on May 23rd, and that was a very interesting event. Uh, we invited um, businesses, arts organizations, government representatives to come together, and we had a three-hour discussion um, about w- what should be. Um, how can we all work together to really bring Bloomington onto on a nationwide um, visibility much more than mm-hmm. we've had right now? Mm-hmm. And there are many, many elements to that, as you know, because we do have uh, a great product to offer here. The product is, is uh, certainly offered through the school. It's offered um, through the artists in Brown County. It's offered through local artists here. It's offered um, on so many different levels. And yet what hasn't really happened now is there hasn't been an entity that centralized all of those products together kind of and began to develop yeah. a branding uh-huh. for our area. Uh-huh. And that's what I think is is so has so much potential for us in our area right now is that we have not really – begin to tap potential of what the arts in our community uh, could really mean. And I think that with this art summit now, we've broken down and we've uh, actually created several subtasks forces that are going to look at those. One as far as audience development is concerned, figure out what co- what is our target audience around here. Um, another is just the infrastructure. What would we need as a city to support this? Mm-hmm. Right now, we don't have... Um, uh, performing arts facilities, for example, f- for our larger performing organizations. Um, we need to address that problem. We don't have rehearsal facilities, for example. We all go to various um, churches and, um, and um, buildings in the town that are very generous to most of the artists. And uh, we need to address that as a city if we're going to really bring this, uh, this whole uh, concept um, up, up to a different level. Uh, so we've got a number of um, committees formed now. The turnout was amazing. I think we had must have had over seventy-five people there. Wow. I think. There were, wow. and um, the dialogue was was very lively and very rich. And not only from the artist community, but also between the artist community and the business community, as people try to realize that there is a synergy between the two, and um, we need to explore how best to develop it. So it, I think it, that's going to that's going to be an interesting uh, development in the it, next few it's years. It's been really interesting as an observer of the arts because I have no talents. You know, I just I'm, I'm an observer. You're a writer. That's, well, that's a talent. True. That's true. And a talker. And a yeah. patron. <laughs> that's right. But uh, you mentioned that there's no you know no no venue, no facility for the larger arts organizations, which is really interesting. Because, of course, in 1989, there wasn't a venue for the community arts organizations and then the Waldron was Mm -hmm. created. Mm -hmm. And then there wasn't a venue that was quite big enough for some of the Mm medium-sized arts organizations. So the Buskirk Chumley has come about. So now you know there's the need for something even bigger than the Buskirk Chumley for for certain groups and organizations without going to IU or one of the schools. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's very interesting. Also, before we go to those emails, I did want to mention because you mentioned the IU School of Music. Which of course is one of the you know the the crown jewels of the arts in Bloomington and Monroe County and and this whole South Central Indiana. So we can't get through the program today without saying that the USA International Harp Competition is going right. on right now mm-hmm. in Bloomington, which again is one of those events that when people take the arts sort of for granted in Monroe County or in our community, we think, oh, there's a nice little harp competition going on. <laughs> you know, Every three years, the best young harpists from all over the world come to Bloomington and IU to perform and to win you know, amazing prizes and basically to launch the career of one harpist that will probably be world-renowned for years to come. This competition could be in London or Paris or any place in New York. But it's here. 
So. And you know, Bob, there's so many like that. It's mm-hmm. somebody once said that we could we could host a festival every weekend in Bloomington mm-hmm. or every week. Easily. And you look at the Bloomington Early Music Festival. I was the just quality, say that same yeah. thing. The quality yes. of that is yeah. it, there's it's as it's as good as any place in the world that you would find. And uh, I think that that's the that's what we need to begin to let people know about is how mm-hmm. rich and how wonderful the arts are here in Bloomington and how this can be a destination place that rivals um, any of the great cities. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I would challenge people just to try one new event a year. Try just you know next year when early Bloomington Early Music Festival comes comes around. Try that one, mm-hmm. or you know, or listen you, to the chamber singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very good, Bob. That Thank you good very plug. much for that. <laughs> you could stay busy for a long right. time just trying one new thing. So anyway, okay. Well, here's an email that came in. It says, uh, "I'm a fan of the BloomingtonArts.info site you maintain. Don't forget to remind people how important this shared arts calendar is for the community." Thank you very much yeah. for that. So there you go. That's BloomingtonArts.info. That was an a initiative that actually started about three years ago. And one of the real objectives of that was to provide a way for the arts community itself to begin to join together in a central way. Uh-huh. Um, it was um, really intended as a, as a catalyst device so that the arts organizations, instead of all um, developing separate um, um, ways of marketing their product would begin to realize that by pooling their resources, they really could um, uh, increase the overall visibility of the arts and therefore all benefit. One of the things that we've identified as the Arts Council's um, primary objective in the next two years is to uh, increase our emphasis on the development of arts organizations by um, looking at opportunities for serving as a broker for services that arts organizations need. Mm Um, right now, it's very difficult, for example, to um, very often or very expensive to uh, to um, print high quality posters, just for example. Mm-hmm. And if we could provide a way, uh, even by providing a high cost color printer at, at cost as as a service by the Arts Council, that would be something that would help organizations. So BloomingtonArts.info was an example of how we were looking for ways to help organizations market and also to increase dialogue among them. One of the layers of Bloomington Arts.info that has not really been explored yet um, is, is the um, – there's a behind-the-scenes area of Bloomington Arts.info that is accessible to the arts organizations. And uh, there is a uh, planning calendar um, as part of that where arts organizations can – um, post what they're going to be doing over the next three or four years to provide an opportunity for organizations to explore collaborations and avoid collisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, I think, one of the important things that the Arts Council really needs to begin to um, emphasize is how we can facilitate uh, collaborations, conversations among the organizations in town. How do you rate your town-gown relationship? I think it's excellent. I think that we we, we work very closely with both both facets and we realize that we're all part of the same entity. And I think separating town and gown into two entities, uh, it's counterproductive. You know, we're all we're all part of the same thing. And I would expand that out to the five county region as well. Let me give the phone numbers again, 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. Our guests again for the last 15 minutes of the program, as just like the first 45. That's good. <laughs> Ed Vandersan, who is the interim executive director of the Bloomington Area Arts Council and uh, the full-time director of marketing and development. And Jerry Sousa, who's president of the Bloomington Area Arts Council board. And I mentioned the Bloomington Chamber Singers before. That's the other thing that Jerry does. Okay. Here's an email that has come in from A. John Rose, and we should say that A. John is a former board president. Hi, A. John. Yep. Uh, He says, you all know that I can never resist chiming in when the conversation is about the BAAC. First, big thanks to Ed, Jerry, and the staff and all the volunteers who have kept the BAAC alive and well for all these years. I have to remind the listeners that it is the BAAC that has... preserved, no, I'm sorry, persevered throughout the years to keep the arts alive and well in the Bloomington area. One does not have to look hard to see the impact that the BAAC has had in our communities throughout its history. There are numerous facilities, projects, and organizations that simply would not exist if it were not for the efforts and nurturing by the BAAC. Perhaps the most important is the life-changing impact that BAAC-sponsored programs have had on our youth. There are many people who are who they are today because of their experiences at the BAAC. Again, a big bravo to everyone who supports BAAC. And, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't remind the listening
listening audience that Ed is always eager to accept your always needed contributions <laughs> to the organization. Thank you. Hey, John, I owe you a cup of coffee. <laughs> no amount is too small and certainly no amount is too large. Thank you, right. hey, John. Thanks, hey, John. That's good to write Thanks in. For that. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I, I want to ask about the Waldron um, because, again, we talked about some of the partnerships and some of the relationships that you have. How is the Waldron set up? I mean, who's – who maintains it? Who's paying the bills on the Waldron? We do. Uh, the BAAC does. It is a program of the BAAC, and, and there is a lot of confusion in the community uh, about that. Um, it is one program. The arrangement that we have uh, with the city and in obtaining that facility was that we would maintain it as a community uh, arts center, and, and that's exactly what we do. We we change the light bulbs, we uh, we put in the uh, uh, the exhibitions and and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, all the performances that uh, that occur there. But it is important to understand that that is one part of the BAAC, and, and mm-hmm. it's it's not the entire thing. And one of the things that I think we're we're really trying to do is differentiate between the BAAC and the Waldron because for many, many years, people have thought they were one and the same thing. And the fact is, as as Ed just said, the the Waldron itself is a service of the BAAC. And the BAAC also serves many, many other areas. Um, We've um, batted back and forth the idea of perhaps the BAAC actually should be in an office outside of the Waldron. You know, would that help? And people said, no, I'm not sure. So, but you know, th- th- what we do want to do is make sure that everyone understands that the BAAC represents a wide area and the Waldron is a um, facility through which we can um, provide some programming and some space for arts development. Um, but it doesn't preclude the fact that, that our primary uh, mission as the arts, arts Council itself is to serve all the artists of the surrounding area, and the Waldron is a part of that. Let's talk for, for people who have perhaps not had an opportunity or taken an opportunity to go into the John Waldron Arts Center. Let's talk about what's there, the galleries, the classroom space. Let's talk about that a little bit. We have three floors uh, of activities in the Waldron. Uh, we keep the Offices squirreled away on the mezzanine, so we're we're out of the way. Uh, but but the lower floor has our ceramics lab. It has one of the finest photo labs uh, for wet process film developing. Uh, education gallery. Uh, all of these are on the on the bottom floor. Rose Fire Bay. Uh, Rose Fire Bay also uh, in the entrance off of Fourth Street. Uh, on the main floor is the main, the primary gallery, the Rosemary Miller Gallery. Two more classrooms. Our gift shop. Uh, and uh, large uh, uh, entry area that we very often use for artist receptions. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, it's gallery walk tonight. We'll be having a reception starting at 5 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Slipped into a commercial there, sorry. Uh, and Give then on time the... for more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, then on the top floor is our main auditorium, which seats about 180 people, can be configured in different ways. Uh, the flashlight gallery also up there, which is a very intimate uh, Uh, single exhibition space, single artist exhibition space. And what the Waldron really has provided for the BAAC is a tool to be able to do a number of the the things that Jerry has talked about, particularly with arts development. And I'm so proud of our performance series this year. We're trying a new initiative called the Emerging Artist Series. And what we're doing with this, we've selected five, the panel that uh, makes the selection, selected uh, five proposals from new producers, uh, new artists that don't have a, a track record of producing successful shows. And we're giving a wraparound type of approach or, or a score or small business development center kind of approach where we're, we're bringing these folks in because of their promise and potential. And I'll work with them in marketing and development. And our technical people work with them on the technical end. And basically, we'll just provide every resource we can find in the community uh, to help advance these folks so that they can uh, do future productions in our facilities and throughout the community and across the country uh, at, at a high professional level. I'm thinking you need a name for that main auditorium. You know, you have the Rose Fire Bay. You have the Rosemary Miller Gallery. There's probably a naming opportunity. How about the Salzburg oh. Auditorium? Yeah, I was yeah. thinking the Noon Edition. Oh. The Noon, ed- <laughs> noon Edition. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, because I'm sure there would be a nice check attached to that. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there, there should be, and, and we've, we've bantered that around, and, and I won't put anybody on the spot by saying some of the names, but you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would be a nice way to support the arts that, in the Bloomington Area Arts. That would be wonderful. All right, we have a phone call. Let's go to Bob on the phone. Bob? Hi there. Hey, Bob. Um, I just wanted to um, relay a personal thing that happened yesterday. Um, I was lucky enough to get some free tickets 
uh, from your station down to the uh, Shawnee production of, of Mice and Men. Uh-huh. And um, my wife and I decided to make a day of it, so we came over to uh, Bloomington and spent the day over there. And um, we did some impulse shopping while there. Uh, a little over $500. <laughs> Thank so, you very much. Well, I wanted to let your business people know that there's some uh, profit to be made on this. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to uh, give a plug to the Shawnee. Uh, my wife had uh, acted down there in the 60s, and we went down to expect to sit on bench seats and small auditorium. And boy, has that thing grown. <laughs> it's a very nice facility now. Mm-hmm. Um, further... Um, one of my uh, favorite actors was George C. Scott. I always considered him a fairly decent actor because he was not just another pretty face. <laughs> and uh, one of the movies he did was a thing called Rage, and yeah. there was a 10-second blurb in that uh, movie which really did show Rage. And um, what I saw last night uh, from uh, the actor that was playing Lenny uh, even outdid George C. Scott. Uh, the guy that did Lenny was absolutely fantastic. That's going some. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was. Uh, he made that uh, show last night. Mm-hmm. Now, Green County is part of the Bloomington Area Arts yeah. Council. Shawnee is one of our member organizations. Shawnee has been supported with re-grants through the Bloomington Area Arts Council for years and years. And uh, uh, it is a phenomenal facility and an and, uh, uh, often overlooked treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now where did you come from? To... I'm. Uh, I live in uh, Brown County. Oh, okay, so you came Brown County to Monroe County to to Green County. So that's three of your counties. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob. Thanks a lot for the okay. call. Thanks, Bob. Right. Thank you. All right. And I imagine you work also with the Cardinal Stage Company, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yes. Bloomington Playwrights Project. Absolutely. Yep. So yep. a lot There's... of performing organizations. Yeah, quite a few. And um, uh, we'll leave some of them out. If we yeah, we, we, we really will have to. Because <laughs> Apologies. Particularly yeah. if you look at uh, uh, BloomingtonArts.info, there's 183 organizations that uh, are actively using that site. And one of the things before we stop here, I just have to say about BloomingtonArts.info, uh, it is the one online ticketing portal that we have in Bloomington. Any uh, arts organization can list their shows there and can take advantage of the power of selling tickets online. Uh, The benefit to someone uh, like Bob who is traveling from uh, Brown County down to Green County is you can buy your tickets in advance on BloomingtonArts.info and then make darn sure when you get – the end of your trip, you got a seat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> that's always a nice thing, and right. and given the small size of some of the venues here, that's that's pretty important. The other thing too is that Bloomington Arts Info has allowed us to expand our concept of what the word art really means, because we've been able to post um, lectures in the humanities, um, poetry readings, and so mm-hmm. people think uh, it's not it's not just about music and not just about theater, but there's a, a wide range of cultural activities here in Bloomington, and Bloomington Arts Info has allowed people to see how broad that really. Is. What do you what do you look forward to over the next five years? What do you think is coming down the pike for us to look forward to? Well, as a board, we have have asked that question: what, what is our mm-hmm. what should our focus be? And um, I, I think that right now we have two primary focuses. Um, one is uh, education. The whole concept of community school for the arts is is critical. Um, as we see funding shifting in the in the public sector um, uh, away from support in many cases of arts in the public schools, mm-hmm. it becomes increasingly important. I think for um, there there to be something that will take the place of that, and mm-hmm. we see that as a, as an extremely important function for us, not only uh, in the uh, K twelve market, but then for lifelong learning. Um, there's there's a, a tremendous need um, in various populations, all the way from kindergarten, um, preschool, all the way up through seniors. And so I think that is going to be our focus. The other important focus for us is this whole concept of cultural tourism. Um, How can we really support um, uh, Bloomington's economic growth uh, through art? And um, and really for us, that means developing the art community itself, Um, not necessarily providing um, 
art to the public but providing resources for the artists who then will provide the art to the public. Mm-hmm. And so I think those two are going to – those two things will be really, really – see our emphasis um, continue. Um, uh, we will continue our programming uh, as we always have. But we really see um, our charter to develop the artists themselves and to ensure the future greenhousing, um, development of the arts, um, make sure that we are strong advocates uh, and serve as a liaison between the public and the government and, um, and really provide for the future stewardship to ensure that generations past us will appreciate the, the creative beauty and, um, and importance the art plays in our society. I want to mention also I, one of the things you do to really recognize people who've participated is, is the arts awards that you give every year. Those are a fantastic thing. Um, but now in the last two minutes – that commercial that we've all been waiting for. <laughs> now, Ed, there are many things that are coming up with the Bloomington Area Arts Council. You mentioned the gallery walk tonight. So right. one, two, three, four, five it, things, whatever you can mention in the last two minutes. It starts tonight. Uh, the gallery walk, which is not just the uh, John Waldron and Bloomington Area Arts Council, but eight downtown galleries that have banded together to promote these special evenings. And uh, it, it's going to be a wonderful night for that. You can visit galleries throughout the downtown area. And when you've made your purchases, we're trying something new tonight that we haven't done before. One of our artists is a kaleidoscope manufacturer uh, artist and just makes some beautiful, beautiful pieces of furniture that also are kaleidoscopes. But also provides the projection kaleidoscopes that were so heavily used in the concerts of the 60s and Mm -hmm. 70s. So uh, we're going to do a free performance at 7.30 tonight uh, featuring Jerry Farnsworth and his kaleidoscope cosmic light show. Uh, all are encouraged to wear their best tie-dyes and come down because we're going to film this and produce a DVD from it. So the audience must look and act accordingly, according to Jerry. Uh, and that the rest of those exhibitions go all month. Uh, we're real happy coming up uh, just two weeks from today uh, on July 20th. Uh, we're having a block party at the Waldron and on 4th Street. And this is a partnership with the city of Bloomington. July is Be Playful Bloomington Month. Uh, we've got now nine different bands that are scheduled for that. Wow. Uh, it'll be a great time. Uh, our August gallery walk uh, is a 30-year retrospective of the 4th Street Festival of the Arts. And then coming up September 1st, we're doing a free concert called Jazz Masters in the Park, uh, which will feature Monica Herzig, uh, Jamie Abersold, uh, and several other musicians. And all of this goes to support uh, uh, the uh, the programming in our schools, and then the many art classes. The fall semester begins on September 10th. Uh, again, visit our website. It's extensive. And then people can just walk into the Arts Center, and you have a nice gift shop in there, too. We certainly <laughs> do. And again, what we feature there is all stuff that uh, – products that are made within our five-county region. So again, we're supporting the artists that are a constituency. All right. Thank you very much. We love to talk about the arts. Yep, we sure do. Hope you'll come back. Anytime. All right. I want to thank thank our guests today, Ed Vanderzan and Gerald Sousa, for Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Catherine Hageman, and Aliyah Mood, and engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times.